A very warm welcome to you all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Chris Oakley. This is episode 10 of the Football Attic Kit Pod, and uh, it's uh, great to have your company once again. Great as ever to introduce at this juncture, Mr. Rich Johnson Esquire. Hello, Rich. Hello, Chris. How are you, sir? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Thanks very much. Yes, uh, fighting fit and raring to go, I think. Good. I can't it quite believe here. it's it's there. I can't quite believe it's number 10 already. It doesn't, doesn't feel like we've done that many of them, really. Uh, so, yes, well, happy 10th birthday to us. 10th, yes, 10th something, anniversary something. So, um, yes, uh, who'd have thought we'd make it this far? But, uh, yes, number 10. And, uh, well, we've got um, a slight change of direction as far as the usual uh, agenda is concerned. Uh, we have got a special feature, one that we've actually mentioned, I think we even mentioned it on the very first podcast, actually something that we've been planning to do for a while, and uh, and which we are finally able to bring to you, with your help as well. Uh, namely, uh, we've got the first in our occasional series of kit brands, and we're looking at the mighty Hummel a bit later on, uh, discussing some of their shirts, even looking a little bit at their history, and stuff like that. So uh, that uh, replaces the uh, usual schedule mentioned in the Radio Times, uh, which would have been uh, us picking a competition and looking at all the teams like we normally do. So this is just an occasional thing we're going to do uh, for your delight and delectation, as they used to say. Um, meantime, we've also got uh, another kit-off vote for you later on. But let's start off with kit news. And Rich, um, it's a bit thin on the ground, isn't it, this week? Uh, but what have we got for the listeners? It is indeed. Well, obviously, because we're, you know, pretty much halfway through the season now, um, then obviously new kit release news tends to be a bit <laughs> um, sort of drops off, shall we say, somewhat. Hmm. Um, uh, and, you, well, you might still get the occasional uh, limited edition releases, which do tend to sort of crop up as as an extra way of flogging some cash. Flogging cash, flogging kits, all cash. <laughs> Gold for cash, cash for gold. Hi, injury lawyers for you dot com. Start off on one. Ah, Take one of your tablets. Do 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 do. Gladstone Brooks. (laughs) What? You won't you won't get that, Chris, because you're in NZ land. That is one of these uh, sort of injury lawyers for you people, or they might or they PPI. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, PPI. Have I got PPI? Have I got kid news for you now? Yes. Hey, we have our new jingle. Uh, <coughs> Sorry. Anyway, what we're we talking about? Kits. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, the first one we've got is uh, Pumas uh, third kit, uh, which is Pumas are the the people. Universidad de Pumas, or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah, no. Unam Pumas. I think we. Unam. To Sorry, I was thinking of uh, the other one. The other team with university the university thing, yeah, universe, someone, um, the universe, masters of the universe, <laughs> universitario. Is that what you were thinking of? No, no it no. wasn't. No, I don't think it was. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, moving on. Yeah, we should really edit this bit out, but that's <laughs> where the magic happens. Um, and this is basically, uh, is it? It's not a vaporware template. It's the one of the. It's the other night template kit. Uh, which is yeah. the one with those sort of faded stripes on it, but it's done in sort of black and grey, so it's just pretty much a black kit with the the pumus low the giant pumus head on the front of it. And it's quite nice actually. It's very plain. Uh, I would say it looks more like a goalie kit though. It's I don't know. There's mm. just something about it. It looks, doesn't quite look like an outfield kit. If you see what I mean? Yeah, you say very plain. Of course, you're you're we're, we're looking at a picture of it without fifty thousand different sponsor logos all over, which will uh, yes. undoubtedly appear. <clears throat> yes, of course. Yes, I was forgetting that. 
<laughs> being it being a South American, um, where are Pumas from again? I've forgotten. <laughs> is it Mexico? Uh, damn, now you ask me. <laughs> this is oh, why we need uh, Jay on these things, you see. Jay should do yeah. a podcast about kits because he's quite knowledgeable. Well, I never thought I'd hear the day when, <laughs> see the day when you say something vaguely complimentary about uh, Jay from designfootball.com. He's, uh, he's, he's all right in small doses. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Jay. Uh, uh, it, it is Mexico. I do apologize. It's, it's, they're a yes. Liga MX team, um, which sounds very impressive. Is um, that the same as Fireworks yeah. MX, which was like an old graphics package that I used to have? Fireworks? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, I suppose, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, the two may not be related, but never mind, carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, 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 yeah, it's all right. It's quite nice. Like I said, I'd like mm. to see it with all the sponsors' logo on it, because I do love a sponsors' logo uh, all over oh, shirts, yes. especially in um, mid and South America, um, you know, because they get loads. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's another Nike template. Do Nike, are Nike actually releasing any kits that aren't one of these two templates at the moment? If you, if you um, answers on a postcard. Yeah, did you notice? Um, I, I don't, really don't watch a lot of football these days. <laughs> he said, finally admitting the truth. Um, uh, but I caught a bit of Man City playing in the Champions League during the week, just in the last few days or so. And I, I thought there's something about their kit that's bothering me. What is it that's because they were wearing that um, Man City third kit that they were wearing um, against, I think it was Borussia Mönchengladbach. Orange shirt, sort of fading into purple at the bottom with all these horizontal stripes. And uh, ordinarily, I think they would have been wearing purple shorts. So the purple stripes sort of fade into the shorts. But they weren't. They were wearing like a complete orange strip. And I just thought it was, there was something that was bothering me. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And it's just this... I, I just find it a bit odd how Nike have gone with this approach of having shirt and shorts in one colour, socks in the other. And now they seem to be quite a lot more often, they seem to be sort of customising things and switching short colours. And I don't know, maybe it's my imagination, but I mean, yeah, it looked okay. Um, it's just the, the shirt goes orange at the top to purple and then you've got orange again in the shorts. So it's a bit, it doesn't quite work as well as if the shorts were purple. I'll shut up now. <laughs> I know what you meant. Carry on. Yeah, literally, it does. It does feel like at the moment uh, that Nike are only releasing template kits because I'm trying to think of. Mm. I'm trying to think of anybody that's got a Nike kit that it's not one of these standard templates. And and most of the sort of low elites. I was having a debate actually on Facebook um, in the football kits from the world all over the world, whatever it's called, <coughs> in that group <laughs> from the world. So I'm going to post. Yes, yeah, some of the football kits in the world somewhere around there. So lovely. Um, <laughs> And they, someone had posted a picture of the Carve Away kit, which is the Nike template with the stripes, like the fading stripes. Right. Not yes. the horizontal fading stripes, but the vertical fading stripes. Hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of that shirt. It's, it's nice enough, but I'm not really a great fan of black or red on our um, home kits. Sorry, away kits. Um, but they, they were kind of moaning about the fact that that template's everywhere and, and it's getting used by pub teams and stuff. And it's like, well, but, you know... Apart from the fact that we're in League One and potentially in League Two next season, you know, we we're not exactly the commanding force that we used to hope we were. And what do we expect? We're in, we're not going to get bespoke kits. And actually, when you look at it, Knight don't seem to be doing bespoke kits for anybody. So, mm. you know, well, if if England and France are wearing the same templates as you know half the sort of club kits around the world, then 
I'm, I'm blowed if Coventry are going to get anything special. And even then, mm. I, I, I think they seem to be using that template mostly on lower league teams, though, in all fairness. But then we are a lower league team. You know, that, that's the thing. Mm. We are down there. So, but at the same time, I really can't think of anyone who wears Nike that's got a bespoke kit. I'm sure there is probably someone. So, uh, shout up, please. Uh, yeah, no, people no, know no this one, stuff. No one. No one's <laughs> going back to that point, just to again branch off here. Um, the whole notion of, um, oh, you know, well, there's pub teams wearing this kit. Well, I mean, when I was at junior school at the ripe old age of about nine, um, I played for the second team, the school second team, and we wore basically, um, umbro team wear. And it was, and it was like the Blackpool kit. I've mentioned this before on one or two other podcasts in the past. And so we were wearing, Effectively, albeit like a sort of cheap junior version of a kit that was being worn. Now, all right, that may not be an exact equivalent metaphor that's appropriate, but I, I just, I think actually expanding this a little bit further, I think there are a lot of things being discussed at the moment online in, in terms of football kits about, um, all this kind of faux outrage about different things like, um, uh, what was it, uh, uh, teams, both teams wearing their away kit. That was going on back in the, you know, in the 60s and 70s that you'd find plenty of matches where both teams would wear their away kit or both teams would, you know, um, I don't know, change their shorts colours and stuff like that. And it it seems to be that, um, there are a lot of people that think that this is a new phenomenon. And I just think this is, you do realise this has actually been going on for like 50 years or more. So it's, you know, we just need to kind of, get things a bit more into perspective where that's concerned. That happens to be my view. But anyway. Well, it's the same as template kits, you know. We've and we've had yeah, we've talked about exactly, this before. Yeah. It's like people moaning about template 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 kits left, <laughs> right, and centre. It's like, but I mean, the example I always use is Man United, uh, sort of eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, all three home of away. their the home away and their third kit was a template kit, and it was the same template. So it's just like well, you know, there you they, go. they they were not only wearing the same template as other people; they were wearing the same template across their entire range. So. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I suppose the problem is people expect more bespoke things these days, but I, I do find Knight disappointing in the sense that I, I, I really want someone to point out a team that is wearing a Knight kit that isn't a template. I mean, mm. I mean, when I say that, what I mean is like, you know, if it can have customization on it. So like, for instance, I think some of the um, Adidas kits might be sort of similar, but they might have detailing on. I suppose a bit like the... Uh, African Cup of Nations kits from Puma, which are technically, they're all the same template, but they have detail on it, which makes it bespoke to that team. But I am talking about here about, so yeah, I'm including that in terms of if you want to find a kit that is bespoke in a, in effect, because mm. I think some of Adidas kits are the same template, but they've got like subtle detailing on it. Um, mm. But I honestly can't think of any off the top of my head for Nike that are anything other than just a raw template. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I, there is someone like yourself. I'm, I don't have a particular problem with um, with template kits. My, my only sort of um, uh, bug bear about the whole thing is just that you think that a, a company the size of Nike or indeed Adidas and and all the resources they've got, all the money they've got, and all they can come up with is essentially three different templates a year. That strikes me as being a little bit sort of you know not making full use of their. Uh, capabilities in terms of their staff and their designers and all of that i mean i'm and i know it's you know production and uh, the kit as well but i you know i think a bit more variety would be um 
something that you should be capable of as a company, but oh, well, yeah, there it is. Well, perfect example is the two latest Adidas, uh, the the ones we talked about last week, Russia and uh, Germany. Mm. Yeah, Germany yeah. for their Confederations Cup kits. Now, I know they're obviously based on, on previous stuff, but both of those kits are unique and they incorporate elements that are unique to those countries. Hmm. So it's just like, it's not difficult to do. And especially when you're supplying, you know, top teams and the top countries in the world, put hmm. some effort in. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, any, anyway, anyway, enough yeah, of night templates. News. Yeah, enough of night templates. I'm back with <laughs> kit news. And what have we got next, Chris? <laughs> Ah, well, for uh, the lovers of the uh, Nike vaporware template, we've got some great news for you, uh, because um, just when you thought they'd all finished and dried up, we've got about another three to tell you about. Um, we're not going to spend much time on the, describing these, because you know what the Nike vaporware template is like, okay? It's fairly yeah. minimal styling, very nice, very neat, but nothing kind of greatly interesting and on a technical level. So... Basically, Saudi Arabia, they've got a new home. Well, I think it's, it's on footyheadlines.com. They've listed it as a home kit, which is their, uh, involves their white shirt. I always thought Saudi Arabia, Arabia played in green, but maybe I could, Ooh. I might be wrong on that. I'm sure people will correct me. But anyway, it's listed as a home shirt. The white shirt, bit of sort of dark green, um, tape down the sides, which you'd expect on this template and, uh, around the, around the neck. Um, that's about it. Um, and then we got uh, Singapore. As you can see, we're uh, dipping into the AFC region here. Singapore, same template. And, uh, as I mentioned before, Rich, you know, about the, the, this template, you, you would expect to see the shirt and shorts one colour and the socks an, another. Well, Singapore have dug their heels and said, nope, we want an all-red kit, thank you very much. And that's what they've got. And it looks wonderful. It looks absolutely fine like that. And I think we should, you know, if there was any sense in the world, uh, we'd see a lot more of this kind of thing, you know, uh, countries sort of saying, well, look, yeah, we realise, Nike, that you want to give us different coloured socks, but actually we think we'd quite like the whole kit to be one colour. And in the case of Singapore, they've got a nice kind of bright red. I don't know what you'd call that, vault red, I'm guessing. Um, I would I would call it South Korea 2002 red. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, that's a good observation. <laughs> There you are. I don't, I don't uh, think that's an official colour palette, though. <laughs> no, indeed. A Pantone. Pantone. A Pantone, yes. Pantene. <laughs> um, and Malaysia as well have uh, gone with the same template, but they have gone with contrasting coloured socks. And their kit is... Um, this must be the... I'm just trying to think if this is the home or the away kit. It's basically the, the picture we're looking at has got uh, players wearing black shirts, black shorts, yellow socks. Um now, once upon a time, Malaysia used to playing yellow and black striped shirts. So I'm, I'm a bit confused now. But anyway, nice looking kit. But we've seen the template before. It's time to move on. I was going to um, say, ultimately, who cares if it's a home or away kit? Because it's boring. Well, it is a bit, yeah. I mean, the best I can sort of offer is neat and smart, but not particularly exciting. Uh, I've said all that before. Um, now, one of our regular listeners, Austin Long, who happens to be based over in uh, Atlanta, US, uh, he'll be pleased because uh, his team, his new MLS team, Atlanta United, well, they've brought out their new kit for the uh, for the current season. Are they rich and um, very smart? It looks too, I think. Well, Jay actually um, messaged me about this because uh, apparently they were live streaming the kit launch, um, uh-huh. which would have been about. I think it was either midnight over here or about one o'clock in the morning over here, which is not a problem for me. I'm usually awake at that time anyway. Um, <laughs> I completely forgot to watch it, um, uh, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't 
because it's really. I mean, <laughs> I, you you say smart and I say dull. <laughs> it's it's. I don't know. I just I can't believe they. I suppose. Did you say it's a new team then? Yeah, new to MLS as I understand. Oh, it's, okay. In which case, I can understand again why the why the sort of fanfare for it because it, it's kind of yeah. A, yeah. But I was going to say if it was just a, a normal kit release, then then it was really not worth the effort because it's dull. It's a bog standard Adidas sort of striped template. Uh, it's gr- uh, red and black, which I mean, okay, that's my personal preference. I'm not a great fan of red and black because it has colours anyway. I think they're dull, and it's got gold trim on it, and that's about as exciting as it gets. <laughs> well, the thing is, the, the the shade of red is slightly darker um, than your sort of bright Liverpool red, let's say. And uh, but the key thing I think for me is uh, a bit of gold trim. Now, during the 50 greatest football shirts ever series that we did. I, I think on at least one occasion said that I had a bit of a problem with teams that use gold trim because it just suggests, you know, ostentatiousness and bling. I th- in fact, I think I mentioned it in uh, connection with um, Russian kits, recent Russian kits yes. in, a, in a, one of our podcasts. Um, but this, it seems to work with this because you've got two fairly dark colours in black and, and this kind of dark red. But the gold just lifts it a bit, it gives it a little bit of extra interest. And I, I think it's actually quite a nice kit. And even the sponsor logo on the front is in gold as well um you've got black shorts and um red socks so um i think it's quite nice uh, i wouldn't say it's a classic necessarily but it's certainly a nice looking kit and uh of course goes without saying that we offer atlanta united our uh, best wishes for the coming season hope you do well in your first mls season there i think it's the first mls season if it's not this bit's getting edited out just <laughs> so you know um anyway what else we got uh, I think the last one we've got for the week, uh, for the kits of the week, uh, that was my PC World <laughs> kit, kit jungle, jingle, sorry, uh, is there, uh, Jay, can you just come in and pronounce this again, because <laughs> you're good at them foreign, <laughs> foreign pronunciations, uh, CD, <laughs> special edition shirt, uh, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce that, CD, Guihello, <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, and it's, uh, they are the team who made the ham shirt, uh, which I have. It's awesome. Um, but they are having, I mean, this, I, this is going to make kit lovers go freaking mental, for which I applaud them because anything that winds up football fans is fun, in my opinion. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. you've heard of half and half scarves and you've heard of half and half Cars, maybe. I think, you know, that's cut and shirt. Cars? <laughs> yeah, you can get cut and shirts. <laughs> um, and you, you can even now find people wearing half and half kits. But what you've never seen before is team wearing a half and half kit. I don't know if, are they, then I can't be wearing this, surely. Uh, anyway, what they've done, <laughs> what they've done is, is for the Copa del Rey match against Atletico Madrid, I'm assuming this is just a shirt they're releasing for the, for to buy or for the fans. They cannot be wearing this shirt because it's a half and half shirt. Half and, half of Atletico Madrid's shirt and half of CD Wawawawawawa's shirt. <laughs> they're wearing it for a two-legged match in the Copa del Rey. And, um, yes, it's, it will be worn, but I don't think they're expecting to actually beat Atletico Madrid. But how so can they wear it? Really how can they wear it? Because if they all turn round at once and go side on, then everyone will think it's there's like two Atletico teams on the pitch. 
Well, they're gonna, one of the teams is going to we'll be back to this subject again. One, uh, 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 when they're playing at home, Atletico Madrid will have to wear their away kit, whatever that happens to be. So that's probably black or something. So it won't be an issue, will it? In the in, in that one, kit. they're not going to wear it when they go Chris, and play Chris, in Madrid. I, I knew that. I was just being ridiculously outrageous for the for the, for the fans, for the listeners. Oh, good, oh, okay. I say fans. Right. <laughs> fans. What was I saying? Um, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and so obviously they're going to do that. But I mean, you know, it's still. It's. I tell you what it is. It's political correctness gone mad. Gone <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Uh, dear. What is the world coming yeah. to? Well, I really like it, and I've already tried to see if I can buy one, but I can't, and that's annoying. Actually, if they're only wearing it for like a, a particular match, they probably won't release it as a retail thing. They might actually just auction off the shirts instead, but I still want one, because it's ace. I hope it's got that little badge on the front as well, because yeah, it will do, isn't it? It's really nice. I like it. So I can't understand how you like that. You know, a, a shirt which basically looks like a butcher shop window, and yet you don't like the Atlanta United one. I just, I don't know. I'll tell you why. Because the Atlanta United one is dull as flip. That's why. Because it's really boring and dull. It's red and black stripes, boring. It's got gold trim, which I like, but it's on red and black stripes, which is boring. And it's just a boring template. It's boring, boring, boring. Whereas this has got red and white stripes on one half and ham on the other. What is not to like? <laughs> I tell you, you wouldn't want to walk past many dogs wearing that shirt, would you, really? I mean, that's, that'd just be dangerous. <clears throat> I, the great yeah. thing is, it's like you've got like a sort of barber shop on one side and a, 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 a delicatessen <laughs> on the shop. other. <laughs> so... <laughs> They could turn That's around. Exactly I'd, I'd love to see them. Literally, test. it's going to be great if if the whole team runs on one side of the pitch and then swaps and runs the other way. It will look brilliant <laughs> on telly. It will look like some kind of uh, synchronized dancing or something. It will look like one of those uh, kind of nineteen um, eighties uh, communist rallies <laughs> that used to get in like Romania or <laughs> Bulgaria or somewhere. Yeah. With uh, with uh, some dictator at one end looking miserable in a hat and a coat. <laughs> in a trench coat, yes. Yes. Enver Hoxha. Um, I have an... In the what, sorry? Enver Hoxha. Enver Hoxha? Enver Hoxha. Which I think... What's that? I'm, that was a dictator. I'm sure... Well, it may not have been a dictator. It might have been... I'm just going to look him up now and make sure I got that right. Enver well, while you're doing that, yeah, so I have an update in, because just showing that uh, <clears throat> it was the leader my, uh, of communist my... Albania from 1944 until his death in 1985. See, I know King Zog for Albania. <laughs> that's that's my quiz night knowledge summed up. Really, um, I was just I was referring to Atlanta United earlier on and um, and the MLS uh, season they're about to play. And actually, the season doesn't start till March. I'm reliably informed. So apologies that I'd shown a shortfall. In my uh, American domestic football knowledge, sorry about that. Uh, and you've particularly, all, so you've, sorry particularly to Austin Long. Sorry. Yeah, sorry Austin. Although I don't think Austin will be too busy. Uh, too busy. Oh my god, what's up with my head today? <laughs> too bothered <laughs> that you weren't aware who Enver Hoxha was. Well, okay, we're covering a lot of bases on this podcast, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, no Albania kits, but former dictators mentioned. Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, and that pretty much wraps up uh, what I think you'll agree has been a lively uh, kit news section for this podcast. Um, and uh, so we now move on. Uh, now, what connects the following teams, ladies and gentlemen? Norwich City, uh, East Stirlingshire, uh, Afghanistan, Feyenoord, maybe if I said Real Madrid, you may or may not have worked out by now the connection, and that is that they're... Uh, 
they're all playing in the Premier League next. No, they're not. They're in, <laughs> that's I'll just I thought I'd scrub that out on my list. Um, no, they're all teams that have at one point or another, and in certain cases are currently wearing Hummel kits. And Hummel are the uh, focus of our kit brands uh, section, uh, which we are bringing to you now. Now. Essentially, what we thought we'd do with this is we had this idea way before I think even the first podcast we recorded. We thought we'd um, turn a spotlight on one particular uh, manufacturer every so often. We'll do a different manufacturer each time. And I, Rich, I just thought we'd go for Hummel first because they've just got this very distinctive style, haven't they? I mean, you've you, you support a team that's worn uh, a Hummel kit down the years. Undoubtedly, one could argue that um, it's it kept Coventry City's fortunes um, fairly high for a while and uh, undoubtedly uh, the, the team looked fantastic at the time and, and I suppose from your point of view you look back on the on the sort of mid to late 80s with uh, a slight smile just by virtue of remembering them in, in that Hummel kit they're, they're, they they make good stuff don't they Hummel? They do and, and I think I think the other reason that there's a lot of love for Hummel is because they tend to be a bit more unique um they, they, unlike your Nikes and your Adidas's with their boring Atlanta and Saudi Arabia templates. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Um, <clears throat> they, they, they've always tended to be, they, they're kind of, to me, they're like, they like the Saab of, of kits. <laughs> they, they kind of like, you remember when you used to get, remember when Saab actually used to make cars for one thing? Make cars. Yeah. Well, yes. it's like you used to have like BMW, Audi, Mercedes, and Saab were the only kind, the kind of other executive type cars that you used to get. Um, but mm. they were always favoured by people who were a bit more quirky, you know, because Saabs are <laughs> a bit of an odd-looking car. And it's the same with yeah. Hummel. They're, they're just that, they're kind of up there with the big brands, but they're kind of, they're not one of the top ones. And they're, they're always known for being a little bit quirky and coming up with something unique and different. And I think the Chevrons play a big part in that because they're, that's such a, a distinct design that's quite heavy. You know, it's you can mm. Adidas stripes on a sleeve, uh, we've kind of got used to seeing and it, but because they flowed down the sleeve, whereas the chevrons are just like the more you have, they, they just look insane, really down, down the <laughs> shirt. It's, it's unmistakable. I mean, not, I'm not saying obviously Adidas stripes aren't unmistakable because they are, but uh, I think when, um, you know, people used to take the odd stripe off here and there, you didn't really notice at first. Um, but yeah. with, with chevrons down the sleeve, um, unless it's Pony, of course, doing the same thing, as <laughs> well, we discovered yesterday. Um, but yeah, well, I was about to say it's unique. Well, Pony have ruined that. So uh, do you want to explain the Pony <laughs> thing before we carry on? Well, well yes. Um, I, I discovered a, uh, a picture. If I say picture, I actually discovered a, a video on YouTube just a couple of days ago. Um, it was only uploaded, I think, a couple of days ago on the wonderful um, uh, a YouTube account, which is Great Footy, GR8 Footy. And, um, it was a f- footage of a friendly match between Brazil and Mexico in Brazil, uh, 1980. And I thought, oh, that's this sort of quirky kind of couple of teams you don't normally sort of see from a, at least from a UK perspective, let's say you don't normally see, uh, highlights from that kind of game. Uh, not on, on, uh, online very often, <clears throat> excuse me. But what struck me straight away about the uh, the footage is that you see Mexico wearing well for a start they're wearing green shirts white shorts green socks so no red socks so green white green then on the shirt the detailing on the trim was in red so red on green is something you don't, again you don't see very very often but the detailing specifically looked like a whole bunch of chevrons going all the way down the sleeves and I thought 
Is this a 1980 example, a much uh, overlooked and unknown uh, example of a Hummel kit? But I thought, would Hummel make a kit for someone like Mexico? Because, you know, Hummel for a long time, as we'll discover in a moment, Hummel have really sort of focused on the Scandinavian and, and European market for a long time. Turns out our uh, esteemed friend and, of course, expert, uh, John Devlin, uh, found the answer to the riddle, which is that, in fact, Mexico weren't wearing a, uh, a, a Hummel kit. In fact, it was Pony, of all teams. Um, but from a distance, it does. Uh, they do look like chevrons on that Mexico shirt. We'll um, pr- try and put a link on our accompanying blog post of this podcast so you can have a look at uh, a still from that video. But uh, that's what we're referring to there. Sorry, I've got off at a tangent again. Anyway, where were we? We were just saying about the, the chevrons, weren't we? We were. Just generally the, and the uniqueness of Hummel. Yeah, well, the thing is, see, um, I was having a bit of a think about this earlier on today, and I, th- I think going along similar lines to yourself there, Richie, with the Adidas three stripes, I mean, it doesn't get any more sort of simple and, I suppose, classy looking as that. I mean, it's, it's just three parallel lines. But they're, because they're quite thin, running down the sleeves and the shorts and everything else, it's not always easy to sort of pick them out if they're done in certain colours. Um, you know, let's say, I don't know, blue on a, on a white shirt or something like that. From, from certain angles, you don't always see all three stripes and so on. With the chevrons, because they're sort of stronger and thicker and bolder, when they run down the sleeves, you notice them. You always notice them. And I think that's what, what does make their brand, their logo, if you like, really stand out. And one thing I think, Rich, that they've done tremendously well with over the years is they've not just, done the same thing year in year out like adidas and their three stripes they've done different things with their chevron like like sometimes you'll have a great sort of tape running all the way down the arms but in other years they've had maybe just a pair of the chevrons which is the the basic sort of logo uh for hummel or one of the two logos just just two chevrons on the sleeve uh, which i think tottenham had around about 91 i want to say um other times they've had the chevrons in a tape but with sort of parallel lines like sort of tram lines um, either side, sort of, um, I suppose, providing a border for that tape running down the sleeves, and so on and so on. And, and they, they seem to be able to do different things with their their brand, which is, I think, very, very nice, actually. Yeah, and it's, it's I, I mean, to be fair, I was never a great fan of anything other than the full-sleeve chevron effect. Um, I, yeah. I don't really like the sort of two-chevron thing. It just, I don't know, kind of just doesn't feel right. I, I want to see full-on chevrons. <laughs> Full Chevron action. <clears throat> Indeed. Yeah, um, but I mean, I think um, there were a few other teams, I think, like Aston Villa and Southampton, who did that little sort of thing of just, just two Chevrons on the sleeves. And um, it just, I, don't, I think it's just a nice way of doing it. It sort of strips away most of the detail and just sort of shows that they can find different ways of getting you to notice the uh, the logo. I, say, I said earlier on, there's two logos. In fact, um, as many of you will know, I think uh, Hummel also have a Bumblebee logo, which isn't used any great extent on their kits uh, other than next to the word mark maybe but um uh hummel in fact in german uh, is uh, the word for bumblebee as some of you again will, will know so that's kind of why they have a bumblebee logo now um, actually just on that point this is something that's just completely blown my mind and i i don't know if this <laughs> is just me being completely stupid uh, not the bumblebee thing and it's a bit but i I genuinely thought Hummel were Danish. I did ah, not know they yeah, were German. 
No, no, you're not being stupid. I thought that as well. I, I was um, going to say, uh, it's, it's, I had no but, idea they were German. Actually, no idea whatsoever. I was convinced they were Danish because they're always associated with Denmark. Indeed, that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were, uh, well, they're currently based in, in Denmark, the company. Um, but in fact, uh, when Hummel were founded 93 years ago, um, it was in Hamburg in Germany and uh, they were basically a, a footwear company originally used to make sort of football boots and, you know, shoes and things. Um, a company created by two brothers, Albert and Michael Mesmer. And they created a company called Mesmer and Company, which seemed like an apt name, I suppose. Um, and so that's how things started. And then in 1956, the company was taken over by a fellow called Bernhard Weckenbrock. I think that's how you pronounce his name in German. And uh, so he took over and he was the one who's really behind the whole branding with the chevrons and the and the bumblebee logos. He sort of thought, well, you know, we need something that's eye catching and that people will remember uh, sort of visual shorthand, if you like, for the company. So that's where that comes from. And as I say, Hummel means bumblebee in German. Um, and um, so that's kind of how the, the company started off. And they they did focus on Europe uh, as their market, really. And. Scandinavia, uh, certainly latterly as well. Um, but as far as football kits are concerned, they didn't really come into their own until 1968. That's when they signed their first sponsorship deal with a professional club. And it was a, a, a team playing in the uh, second division in German football, the sort of two Bundesliga, I suppose you could call it. And that's uh, MSV Duisburg, who play in a kit, I suppose if you think of QPR, basically that's their general kit, blue and white hoops. Um, and there's a black and white photo. If you go to the Hummel website, you will, uh, if you find the, the uh, history page, you will see a black and white photo of uh, MSV Duisburg. And it's it's really odd, Rich, looking at this kit, and you think that's 1968, and yet they've got chevrons running down the sleeves. Now, if you think of what English teams were wearing <laughs> in 1968, like these cheap old cotton kind of you know shirts with maybe a V-neck or a flappy collar, if you're lucky. It just seems miles ahead of what we were getting in, in the UK. They even had um, chevrons running down the turnovers on the socks. That's how far ahead they were. I mean, we didn't see anything like that for about another 10 years, at well, least. I mean, also, you think about that's uh Yeah, it's just bizarre to see such heavy branding at a time. I don't think we, we, we yeah. weren't allowed in, in, in this country, were we, to have such... Well, well no. I don't think you were allowed to branding at all. Um well, we didn't get as like a, an Umbro diamond till about seventy two or seventy three, I think it was. So yeah, nice. Looks nice. Mm. I like the, the detailing Looks on the nice. socks. Actually, that is cool. Actually, one thing I've just noticed is that ninety percent of the players are wearing pumish uh, boots. Puma boots. That's right. Yeah, because um, that's I. I a while back, I, I've got a small collection of old shoot magazines actually, and um, I found in one of them um a an advert for Hummel boots and that was about 1974 or something like that it just blew my mind again i, just, I always think of hummel as pretty much starting from 1986 with uh, with denmark and you know um but uh, but they've been around obviously a lot longer as we just said and of course uh in 1988 they were they really hit the 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 top of the pile really by uh, providing the kit for real madrid which um was very distinctive and again lovely sort of of course all white as you would expect for Real Madrid but with this lovely lavender sort of lilac shade of uh, purple uh, in the chevrons running down the sleeves and you would think for for a team that considers it sacrilegious to to pollute that purity of the white in the kit it 
it still worked. Those chevrons still worked in that colour. It was just a, a really lovely kit, that one. One of my favourites, actually. Um, and then, of course, uh, in 1992, um, having really built up a, a strong connection with Denmark, uh, they found themselves the uh, the providers of the kit for the European champions in the form of Denmark. So that was probably their, their proudest moment, I would say. Uh, one thing I discovered only a few moments ago, just before we started recording this uh, uh, podcast, which is that there's a team playing in Korea called Hummel Korea FC. Uh, they uh, are playing in the, as as we speak, they're playing in the, well, not as we speak, but at the, at the, at the moment, they're, they're, I don't think they're playing while we're recording this they podcast. They might be. <laughs> they might be. Um, but it's a team that basically plays at the second tier of Korean football. And they were founded in 1999 and sponsored by Hummel. And they, they're currently known as Chungju Hummel. But yeah, they've got, they've got a Hummel kit, as you'd expect, and their badge has got Hummel on it. And it's, it's kind of one of those strange Asian kind of tie-in deals, a really strong kind of connection. But there you go. So, I mean, that's a potted history of Hummel. Um, I suppose we should talk about, uh, some of their best kits. I mean, if I said to you, Rich, pick out three Great Hummel kits. I mean, that might be an impossible task, and I'm sure Coventry and Denmark may well feature in this. But what would you go for? Just if you just off the top of your head, picked three great Hummel kits. Well, obviously the Coventry slash Denmark slash Southampton slash Aston Villa slash everybody else that had it, including one of my favourite incarnations of it, which is Hellas Verona. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, that kit would obviously be almost certainly the number one, uh, which is obviously the Denmark '86 template kit. Um, off the top of my head, uh, oh, actually, one of my other favourites is the SK Bran uh, ones. But that's mm. not necessarily from the kit design itself, because it's fairly nondescript. Except for the Away kit, which was in grey, uh, which is actually very nice. Uh, but that's obviously the one that has that sort of wet rubber look. Um, and I just think yes. it's... I just think, again, it's the, the novelty factor of it. I do really like the Real Madrid one, but I like the whole of that template, actually, which was, I mm. think, worn by Wimbledon, and it's, it's the same as the Spurs one, actually. I do really like the Spurs one that they wore in the 87 Cup final. Um, and there was, a, yeah. again, a lot of teams that wore that template. So I would say that, and I think Wales wore that one as well. I would say that's probably one of my absolute all-time favourite Hummel kits as well, uh, because it's it's a it's a really nice, um, classy kit that just works in pretty much every incarnation that it was used in. I'm trying to think. Like I say, definitely mm. Wales had it. Uh, Wimbledon had it. Uh, I don't think Villa did actually, which is a shame. We had it as our away kit. Um, Coventry did, uh, mm-hmm. and that was uh, was a gorgeous kit. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else had it. Yeah, Spurs had it as their home one. Wimbledon had it as their home one from 88 onwards. Because uh, the Real Madrid one had sort of piping that went from the neckline down to the armpit. <clears throat> Is that right? There's a bit of extra sort of Yeah, which detailing. Wimbledon did as well. Uh, in fact, I think, yeah, everybody did that had that template because Cov did and Spurs did as well. Um, and I think Wales wanted as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. So... Very nice. I mean, there's there's been so many fantastic uh, Hummel kits down the years. It's kind of impossible to sort of mention them all. But I mean, as well as obviously the uh, the Denmark kits for '86, which always get a mention and rightly so. Um, amongst the others, there was um, a Crystal Palace kit uh, they wore between '84 and '87. Um, back in the days when they used to wear an all white strip with a red and blue diagonal sash. 
But again, it's that it's that thing of the essentially a fairly plain kit, but livened up and taken to another level by some red chevrons running down the sleeves and running down the sides of the shorts. And I just thought that looked really, really nice. So that was one of their better ones. Um, uh, I seem to remember liking the Norwich City kits back in the mid-80s. They were pretty good. Um, Tottenham, yeah, the Tottenham 1985 kit with the with the diagonal kind of cross-hash sort of shading across the top of the shirt, mm. I thought was the best of those three easy. I just thought that was a wonderful, the Gary Lineker kit, as I always think of it. Um, that was around about the, although he wasn't there, was he there for that period? Maybe I'm thinking getting the two mm, earrings. No, he was up. in Everton. Possibly he not. That Everton would have been the Clive Allen kit, maybe. Yes. That would be perhaps a better metaphor to use. Okay. So that's the one. Um, <laughs> and what else? I mean, there's, in doing some research, I've sort of found some amazing kits, sometimes amazing in a bewildering sense and sometimes amazing in a really, like, a, just awe-inspiring way. Um, I mentioned East Stirlingshire earlier on, Scottish club team there. Uh, they had an all-black kit from 2008 to 2010, which had white taping running down the sleeves and down the sides of the shirts with black chevrons on that. And it, I think that, excuse me, I think that looks really, really good. So that's a good one. Um, uh, what else have we got? Uh, there's a, a one that's worth mentioning um, is um, the current Afghanistan kit, which is the first to actually feature a built-in hijab, as I think um, some of you will know, which is which is a wonderful thing. I mean, total kudos to, to Hummel for that, for, for incorporating something like that into a kit for so that the Afghanistan women's team can basically play football as is indeed their right. So thumbs up for that. Um, and, I mean, there's just there's just so many others. They've got a bit of a connection with Feyenoord, actually. They did a, a number of decent kits for Feyenoord. And here we kind of come back to that thing that I think I mentioned on a 50 Greatest Football Shirts podcast that we did, Rich, whereby they seem to be able to add <laughs> so many different levels of technical detail and it never seems to look, well, very rarely does it ever look confusing. Like, for instance, if you look at some of the, the, the there's one particular Feyenoord kit. So if you, as, as you may know, Feyenoord, white and red halved shirts, as is their tradition. So they had that. Then they had the detailed collar, a bit like the one you mentioned earlier on for Wimbledon and so on. So you've got the kind of V-neck collar there. And then you've got the chevrons. And so, and they, they seem to be able to build in all these things. And yet it looks, it just looks right. It looks absolutely fine. There's only one or two occasions when they've tried to do that kind of thing and it's gone wrong, <laughs> dare I say. And, um, I would sort of uh, put forward as my first, uh, proof of, or evidence of that, uh, the Watford kit that they did from 93 to 95, which is based on the Denmark uh, I'm trying to think what year 92. that would have been. Euro 92 yeah, template, which we've mentioned before, which is very busy. And I, I, that, I would say that's probably one of the only times I've ever sort of thrown lots of detail in and, and it's just looked a bit wrong. Um, well, this is what I was going to say about Hummel. This is another thing that I found with Hummel is that while you will often get some, you know, kit manufacturers like, say, like Adidas and Nike, uh, who make some, you know, they, they'll do mostly sort of generic sort of, you know, somewhat interesting kits. And then, you know, they'll have some which are a bit bland, <laughs> vaporware. Um, and then, <laughs> and then you'll have 
others they they don't tend to str- they don't tend to go overboard on stuff they tend to sort of keep it mm. um you know keep it fairly on the mainstream whereas hummel mm. uh tend to be either genius i mean i'm not saying hummel don't do boring kits because they have had a whole range of fairly bland and dull they you know like anybody else keep changing come come up with this many designs and you're going to have dull, boring stuff but hummel mm. also tend to end up going completely insane and the Watford mm. slash Denmark one is a perfect example of that because it's an awful mishmash of, of crap, <laughs> basically. I mean, I made this comment before when we talked about the, I think when we could covered the kits of Euro 92. And, and it's just that that Denmark Euro 92 kit, I'm sorry, I know people like it. Uh, and probably, you know, that if they admit it to themselves, they like it because <laughs> Denmark won, not because it's a nice kit, because it's not. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, and you're entitled to your opinion. It doesn't mean you're right. Um, but th- that kit was a mess. It's like you've got the sort of shoulder panels that sort of curve down. Then you've got two sort of zigzags that stick in from the side. Then you've got a couple of bands of solid color and then st- vertical stripes going down the sleeves. It's like there's about four different styles on there, all of which clash. And that's the thing. Whereas mm-hmm. some of their kits have lots of different styles that work together. These and, and quite a few others that they've done just have a bunch of stuff that just doesn't gel at all and doesn't even look good in a jarring sense because you can often have kits that you know that i quite like that seemingly don't work but when you look at them Mm. you think oh okay yeah i can see what i see what they were doing but that was just awful (laughs) and i mean in the case of what's interesting actually in the case of both the watford kit and the Denmark kit that we just mentioned is that actually they're predominantly working with only two colours, so Denmark red and white, Watford yellow and black. But they they also saw fit to throw in a third colour as well, just to kind of in case you were sort of feeling a bit uninspired by the whole thing, and it was just a little bit too much. So Watford you ended up with a bit of red, Denmark and you had a bit of I think it was black or navy blue. I'm not quite sure which one that was, but um, a rare off day I would say for for Hummel. But um, but generally some some really good ones. Another busy kit was the um, the Dunfermline Athletic kit from ninety two to ninety four, which looked how, how's a polite way of putting this? It looked a bit like one of those old TVs when you were sort of trying to tune it in, you know, uh, when you had to kind of move the aerial around on on the top the antenna. Yeah, um, you know what we mean, kids. <laughs> yeah, the where the ver- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask your grandparents um it's it just the where the vertical hold was a bit playing up you know um a, another one of those strange kind of patterns but then a bit like that denmark kit we mentioned a minute ago rich the only sort of thing i can offer in the in, in hummel's defense is that it was perhaps an era when manufacturers were going for a more um wild and wacky angle on football kit design and they were sort of perhaps breaking free of all the kind of conventionality that had gone on before so maybe that's what they were trying to do just offer something a bit different but that doesn't necessarily make it good no i mean um, i'd like you say in the context of the time that was everybody was you know going a bit batshit mm. on their kits so it's it's you know <laughs> you can forgive them for that i mean like another one they've got here is the falkirk one which i don't know what they were trying to do with that <laughs> jesus it's so basically falkirk obviously playing a dark blue which usually looks quite nice but this one has got what the hell would you describe that as? If you can imagine, to me, it just looks like a cowboy outfit. <laughs> it's like you, you sort of get cowboy shirts which have sort of panels that stick over the shoulder. And this has seemingly got 
what I can only assume are either triangles or if they extend to the back, like diamonds that run sort of point at the nipples, basically, coming over the shoulder <laughs> in red, which are also outlined in some trim, which I can't quite make out on the picture, but it's just awful. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I don't know what they were going. And that's the thing with Hubble. They, they sort of, sometimes they completely smash it in terms of iconic design, and sometimes they, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're smoking up there. (laughs) (laughs) See, but if nothing else, it makes me smile. And I think if a manufacturer can do that, even if it's wrong on on so many different levels, the fact that they try to do something... I mean, I can kind of imagine that being something worn by Tammy Wynette or something, like with (laughs) rhinestone detailing. It's just it's bizarre. But, I mean, even if for no other reason than they can sort of say... We've tried it. Clearly, it doesn't work. We're going back to doing what we used to do. Then fine, that's fine by me. Um, but at least it's something a bit different. And I do like to see a bit of originality and creativity, if nothing else, every once in a while for any kit manufacturer. Um, just the other thing to sort of mention, really, is that they do also have a. More recently, they've had a strong connection with uh, Sam Pauli, um, and they've made some very interesting, curious uh, kits and shirts for them in recent years. Um, I'm not even going to try and describe some of the patterns that they've used, but um, go check them out. Just look for Sam Pauli Hummel and you'll see some of the uh, the wonderful um, outlandish patterns and, and uh, colour schemes that they've used for some of their shirts and, and kits. Well, they had a, Fantastic. They had a glow-in-the-dark one. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I've, kind of I've got it. And it, the badge and some of the trim, I think, glows in the dark. <laughs> which any oh, any any kid that grew up in the 70s and 80s will like because glow in the dark was where it was at in those days yes indeed that's um nothing more exciting as a child than dealing with glow in the dark stuff um anyway i mean i think at this point which we should probably dip into some of the feedback because we put out a message on facebook and twitter about a week ago saying that we were going to talk about uh, hummel kits and the reaction that we've had is nothing short of extraordinary, really. Um, um, Hummel should, I think, feel very proud of its efforts because we had so many comments and, and the vast majority of them were all positive. People sort of saying that Hummel kits are so great. And uh, we're going to read out as many of these uh, messages as we can. Here, so you'll forgive us for that. But um, but here we go. I mean, starting off uh, among the many Twitter messages we had back um uh, first of all we had i'm not going to show, not sure how you pronounce this it's welsh and i'm not welsh but it, i think it's the account podcast peldroid which i'm guessing is well, what is peldroid anyway. i don't know but it's probably it's probably pronounced peth drith or something yeah quite possibly quite possibly so apologies welsh people uh and indeed the owner of that account but it deals with welsh football kits basically um who basically sort of said the wales Home kit from 87 to 90s, gorgeous. And the away kit is none too shabby as well. Now that, that one, Rich, got mentioned lots of times. The, uh, the Wales home kit, lovely, all red. And, and I think I'm right in saying that they actually took over from Adidas. Um, the Adidas kit that went before it had been worn for about six, seven years, I think, and had white shorts. But Hummel came in and said, nope, we're going to go back to all red. And you had the chevrons on the sleeves and it, well, wonderful. And the thing I think about the away kit, which was like a yellow, pale yellow with black trim, um, again, looked equally as good. But but what I like about that one is that uh, what Hummel clearly sort of thought was, OK, well, we know that um, Wales away kits are often 
yellow with a bit of green and red. But they thought, well, we're going to try something a little bit different, but not too controversial. We're going to just go with black trim as a contrast to the yellow. And it works. And it's just a little bit of a, it's, it's, I like it when, um, companies try something different, but they don't go completely left field and loopy about it. They just sort of just drip feed in a little bit of a different detail. And, and I mean, that's a great example that, that awake it for Wales, lovely one. Exactly. Um, well, I was about else? to say that that is that template that we mentioned earlier, which is the mm, indeed. kind of want to me a beautiful Hummel kit, um, lovely um, shadow patterning detail on it as well, sort of mm. uh, sort of half and half chevrons. I think other manufacturers did actually sort of nick that as well, um, mm. but yeah, yes. Hummel Hummel did it best. I reckon so, and uh, our old friend. Uh, Al Gordon, um, occasional contributor to our old Football Attic blog site, actually. Uh, he got in touch. He's a Charlton fan, for those who don't know, and he says Hummel have just signed a deal with Charlton to start supplying kits next season. So that, I'm really looking forward to that, Rich, actually. I think that could be a, a that there's a potential there for that to be a tremendous kit or kits if it's, if it's done right. But yeah. I think it would be wonderful. Especially as it's dealing with the old Hummel, seemingly the, the favourite Hummel colours of red and white. Um, yeah. I just, again, it's, that's the thing with Hummel. You, there's a sense of trepidation that I always get when you, sort of, <laughs> when you find out you're going to be it's not having fear, Hummel. Is it? No, it's, it's just that kind of, it's that balance between this could be such an iconic kit that we're going to get, or it could be crap. It's like, uh, I don't know. I just f- always feel with Hummel, it's like with everyone else. Again, like I said, I think it's because of the, the fact that they tend to make unique sort of shirts. With Adidas yeah. or Nike, you just think, oh, are we going to get a boring template? Or is it going to be something, you know, different? But you're not really too worried that it's going to be anything outrageous. But with Hummel, you think, oh, this could go one or two ways. It could either be something amazing <laughs> or it could be something utterly crap. It's like, but then that's, that's again, part of what I love about them is the fact that they do have that kind of reaction. Um, Unpredictability. Exactly, yeah. And actually, uh, MC Doug, um, or <laughs> Duke. Uh, one, one by, see, I never know how to pronounce this. It's, I'm assuming it's Muck Doug, right, for one thing. Uh, but it's the, it's his Twitter handle of 1x176, one by 176. Who cares? Anyway, he says, Spurs and Hummel were the perfect fit. I do think Spurs have had a horrible hangover with kits ever since. They need to be reunited. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I love yep. the sort of Spurs Hummel kits, but then again, I, I do feel, I do feel that a lot of the Hummel kits that came after those iconic kits in the late 80s were a bit bland. I mean, same with the Villa kits. I just think mm. they were kind of running out of inspiration. Uh, and they're just, I wasn't a massive fan of the ones that came afterwards. Um, but, mm. you know, you can't, you can't moan too much. And uh, to back up that point, uh, Rob Stokes, Jossie's dad on Twitter, uh, he says, I would go for the Spurs goalkeeper jerseys as worn by Ray Clements and Pat Jennings. Now the one that uh, Mr. Clements is wearing in the in the design, uh, sorry, in the picture, is the same design that's on the home kit uh, from the eighty five to eighty seven Spurs kit, which is the kind of chevrons running across to the left of the shirt and all the kind of lines emanating from them at diagonal, which I think is an A Spurs shirt. Yeah, absolutely. And Pat Jennings, see, I didn't even really realise until fairly recently <coughs> via Andy Rockwell, I think it was that um, Pat Jennings returned to Tottenham. I thought that when he finished at Arsenal, that was it. Um, but in fact, he returned and played, I think, in the reserves. And we've got a picture of him here, picture of him here playing for Tottenham reserves. And he's wearing a very, very fetching green Hummel goalkeeper top. Because uh, I, I always remember him 
wearing a fairly bright sort of green shirt, fairly plain green shirt for Arsenal when he was there for, for many years. And um, he's wearing a lovely green Hummel shirt. It looks like he's got shadow stripes uh, with a white collar. And it's that's a really nice one. It's, um, it's a shame we didn't see him sort of, you know, making another uh, go playing for Tottenham. Um, in, not just in the reserves, but it's, you know, shame we didn't see him playing in the full team wearing that shirt. I think that's a fantastic one. But uh, yes, thank you, uh, Rob and uh, McDoug. Um, and Doug. of course, we have to deal with Coventry City because you're hey. essentially in charge of our Twitter account, and yeah, you know, there's lots of uh, ne'er do wells that uh, follow us as a result of your association with Coventry City. I'm joking, by the way. Um, so, so tell us about some of the comments we had about the Coventry City uh, Hummel shirts. Uh, CCFC shirt collector, CCF, CCFC shirts on uh, Twitter said, "Post the FA Cup final win. This was a great shirt and a great year to be a fan." And that's obviously the the Hummel half and half shirt that we have, which is still my favourite cov shirt ever. Um, and mm-hmm. and actually talking to a lot of people nowadays because I don't think it was that well received at the time. Um, a lot of people much preferred the previous one possibly because we're in the FA Cup in it. Um, but yeah. actually, there seems to be a lot more love for this shirt these days. Um, I, but I, I distinctly remember at the time, people weren't that keen on it. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think it was a bit half and half, but I, I, I definitely sense more love for it nowadays than at the time. Um, and hmm. spe- speaking of Coventry, um, our good old friend Stato74 and Mr. Rockall has said that Spurs should have worn this at Wembley in 87. We'd have bloody won. Uh, and these, of course, referring to the 85 to 87 Spurs kit that we mentioned a minute ago, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic um, Spurs shirt. Although I do actually think the one that replaced it was a lot more modern looking. And although I didn't like it at the time uh, for several reasons, one, I just thought it didn't look right. I thought the collar made it look old. But actually now looking back, I think it was quite a modern looking shirt. But I also mm. think I really liked this shirt and I was just really disappointed that Spurs weren't wearing it in the cup final. But... No, yeah. you still wouldn't have won because it doesn't matter what you wear, you were crap. No, <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> you were very good at the time. Actually, it was a great final, wasn't it? You know, can't deny that. Spurs were very Spurs. <laughs> everybody they, had a lovely they, time. They, they everybody had a lovely <laughs> day out, and it was all a bit sunny. And we went home later and had tea and jam. Um, <laughs> what are you talking? About? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Mr. Dean Nelson, uh, Dino City Three. Uh, so mar- marked about the fact that the um, the first Hummel kits in the first season we had obviously had the um, not only did we have the sponsor on there because we didn't have them in the second season but we also had the little FA Cup winners scroll above the badge which is very nice as well always mm. nice to see that and I do the one that I have which I bought when I was what twelve I would have been I think twelve or thirteen. Uh, did actually have not only the scroll, but I made sure it had the sponsor on it as well, because most of the replica shirts that came out at the time didn't have the sponsor on. I think the first badge mm. didn't, and then, um, and I don't know if that was because we hadn't actually sorted out what the sponsor was going to look like at the time, uh, but then I made mm. sure that by the time I bought mine, it was sponsored, because I wanted it to look like the actual uh, players' shirts. Um, yes. And we had a few comments from... Wales match worn. Who who's that? I don't even know who that is, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I'm scratching my head here. No, doesn't matter really. I guess. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, who says? Uh, take your pick from any of the Wales Hummel shirts from '97, uh, uh, '87 to '90. I think it was uh, all superb. The classic complete kit. So yeah, the aforementioned red, all red kit, the um, yellow and black. 
um, Awaken. And then there was the, the white one, which I think was only worn for one game. Is that right? I don't know if you know that, Rich. I think I did a quick bit of research earlier on in the week, and I think there was one game, and I'm probably going to get this wrong now. Was it against somebody like the Netherlands or something like that? And there was a bit of a kit clash. So they wore this kind of one-off white shirt with the red shorts from the home kit. I, I, I don't um, so, know if, if anyone knew someone who was an expert in Wales kits and football yeah. kits in general, but I can't think of anyone. Yeah, no. Uh, well, um, somebody else has uh, contacted us regarding uh, that very shirt. It's uh, Shaky, Shaky Match Worn on Twitter. Never heard of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> who says there can be only one Wales third shirt, 1988, a thing of beauty and rarity, rarity which. Uh, goes back to what I was just saying a moment ago. So there you go. Lots of love for the whale shirts there. Um, and uh, similarly, uh, Denmark, of course, um, at Shirt Collection, which is the National Football Shirt Collection on uh, on Twitter, says, can't go wrong with the whales kits, but the Denmark away from the 1986 World Cup has to be up there. So that's the one which was predominantly white, a white shirt, but with uh, the old half-and-half half design but one half of the shirt was in red candy stripes and had the same on the opposite sleeve as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think at the time, certainly when the 86 World Cup was on, I did prefer the um, the away shirt, actually the white one. I think even now, maybe it does still just edge it ahead of the home shirt, but um, there we are. Um, so that's that. Um, and Ian Boyle favours the Real Madrid 88 shirt, which we mentioned earlier on. He cites Butraguenio and Sanchez as just two of the great players that have worn that shirt and uh, yes I've already mentioned that one earlier on the lovely shade of uh, lilac I think we'll go for on that that's a nice one yet yeah, more more comments about Tottenham Rich yeah Gavin Tottenham Hope, Hope Gav Hope on Twitter says the three Spurs kits 85 to 87 uh, as a kid these are the ones that sparked my interest in the worlds of football shirts and kit designs um, yeah and Actually, the funny thing is the uh, the ninety ninety would that be or would that be eighty nine? Mm. The one that I always remember, Ga- uh, yeah, Gaza wearing, I think. Um, mm. And yeah, that, I think they wore that in the ninety one cup final, didn't they? Um, yeah. That again, see, that's where to me Hummel started going a bit mm, off the boil a bit because I look at that one mm. and I don't like I've said before I don't like this kind of uh, lack of complete chevronage down the side of the sleeves. <laughs> Um, and I don't know. I think they just—it was just—it was kind of entering the era where they were starting to put little bits of design on here and there. Because I think Hummel had always done quite well when they sort of stuck to sort of classic designs. I mean, the previous shirt, the the one they wore in the FA Cup final in '87, was it was a a gorgeous shirt. It had sort of elements on it that that raised mm. it from being bland, but it was as a, as a complete shirt. And even the one before that, the one with the chevrons on uh, and the lines, the diagonal lines on the front of the shirt. That was the main design feature, and then afterwards, it's as kit design moved to adding more and more bits and elements here and there that just seemed to be there for the sake of being there. I don't know. I just think they started mm. to go off the boil a bit, personally. One thing that uh, we should probably mention actually about those um, kits, certainly sort of um, the half and half designs, and and basically anything around the turn of the nineteen nineties, is that they uh, Hummel in, incorporated a sort of. Um, a waistband kind of thing around the top of the shorts in a contrasting colour. So <clears throat> Spurs were wearing navy blue coloured shorts, and they, but they had a white band around the waist on, on the top of the shorts, which I thought was a neat feature, which uh, not many other manufacturers were doing at the time, if any. So uh, that was just a specific detail. But going back to the 
the last of those three Hummel Spurs shirts. Um, I mentioned earlier on about the fact that you would often see one pair of chevrons on each sleeve. Well, that Tottenham shirt, the last of the Tottenham shirts by Hummel, actually had two pairs. And, and I know you're not sort of a keen fan. I just think it's it was just quite nice. It wasn't a complete sort of tape going down the sleeves, just a sort of broken... Uh, sort of um, a minimalist version just a couple of pairs of chevrons on the sleeves very nice um, elsewhere CK on Twitter that's uh, Ephemeral Joy at Ephemeral Joy so just the one winner and then he uh, cites the Denmark home kit from the 1986 World Cup uh, Scott, at Scottish Kits he said a very turbulent time at Tynecastle in 2006 heart of Midlothian for those who don't know uh, he said but somehow Hummel made hearts look the part on the pitch and uh, indeed they're uh, I think their two offerings for, for Hart Midlothian were very nice indeed. Um, over on Facebook, more love for Denmark 86. Uh, Chris Horsfield, he voted for Denmark 86. And in reply, uh, Wayne Thomas William Garcia said, now and then you see the Denmark 86 tops in charity shops in Copenhagen, which presumably is where Wayne lives these days. He says, I snap them up as soon as possible, which is um, the, absolutely the decent, proper thing to do. What else did we get on Facebook, Rich? Uh, James Wallum said, of course, Denmark 86 is the non-pareil, uh, but I really loved Aston Villa's 87-89 to 89 treatment of that same template. That seems to be another favourite, actually. Although, ironically, mm. again, I believe, not with Villa fans, I believe they generally hated that kit because um, it mm. wasn't the sort of traditional um, sleeve and body or trunk, if you like, sort of combo. <laughs> um, Southampton had a really smart blue away shirt too. Yes, they did. That was very nice. I think Sunderland had the same one. Uh, around mm. 1989, I think he says, I'd have killed for Southend to have had either of those. Well, not killed, but certainly written an angry letter. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes, Matt, indeed. <coughs> Matt Braithwaite said, I like the Spurs Circuit 87 kits. Not sure if the goalkeeper jerseys count, but what Denmark were in the Euro 92 final was immense. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. It, well, it was horrible. I think he's referring to the, was it the rainbow it the goalie shirt? Kit. Oh, but, uh... Jesus. In which case, no, he's even more wrong. <laughs> yeah, Schmeichel's <laughs> kit. Yeah, oh my god. Uh, mm, okay. Well, yeah. We'll agree to disagree on that. Um, again, a weird for me, as I generally like horrific kits, but yeah, the, I don't, I think it was because Schmeichel was wearing it. So, I don't, <laughs> you know. Just, not a fan. Not, not. I don't, great goalkeeper, just, I don't know. I can't help, <laughs> I can't help thinking of pigs and bacon. Because he did those adverts, so that's how I, that's how my brain associates things yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, Austin Long, our old pal Austin, said the all-white Denmark kit release this year was quite nice. I also came across the Odense home shirt uh, while writing my best worst of the season post on my website, which he gives a quick plug there: soccernomad.wordpress.com. Worth a look. Yes, indeed. Yeah, nice uh, Odense uh, kits as well. Um, uh, what else we get? Oh, uh, Matt Braithwaite on Facebook said, uh, I like the Spurs. Oh, no, we've done that one, haven't we? Sorry. Yeah, I read oh, that one. <laughs> sorry. Yes, and for those of you who just joined us, we've just had a message from Matt Braithwaite. No, <laughs> anyway. Um, what I really like about this with the appeal that we put out is that we didn't just, well, basically we got messages on pretty much every single medium that we've got. So we got Facebook messages, we've got e uh, uh, Twitter messages, um, we had a message on the website and also via email, Rich Nelson, who's the uh, the brains and the mastermind behind the uh, website escapetosuomi.com, which is all about Finnish football. Uh, he said in his email, um, he said, weirdly, I think none of my teams have ever worn kits by Hummel, but their kits have always fascinated me. Um, obviously, the Denmark 86 template is king. 
he says, but uh, it was Villa's colours that seemed to work best in the English league. Can't tell whether it was more the stripes or the chevrons, but the whole thing was a masterpiece. Uh, he says, the recent Christiania reworking was magnificent, and I picked it up straight away. Only shame is the sponsors. He says, I can imagine a Galatasaray version. We mentioned that, didn't we, on a previous podcast, yeah. which the uh, Christiania shirt, lovely it is. Do you, have you got that, haven't you? you no, I Did was you? going oh. to buy it, but I didn't. Um, the reason I didn't buy it was, um, actually, funnily enough, like Rich said, partially, I don't like the sponsors on the front. Uh, the, the Alice one is not too bad, but the one above it, I can't quite make out in this. It looks like it's written in some really crappy font. Uh, but the reason I didn't buy it was because I worked out it's exactly the same template as the Stad de Reims shirt, which I had bought um, on the previous oh. season. So I just thought, well, it's kind of, it's not, that original um and i just thought i've already got examples of that template so i thought well, i won't do it because it was also mm. quite expensive i think even when i think uh, there was a recent 20 percent off all stuff at the hummel shop i think and i could have bought it but i just thought mm, no i was i'm, I'm trying to mm. sort of cut down on kits where i already have a version of it so no i didn't so alas yeah. alas um rich also goes on to say rich nelson that is um <laughs> uh, he says i also have uh, the recent Sam Pauli and Greuther Firth kits, uh, the Chevrons swung it for me. He says, uh, the current Denmark away shirt is a beauty. He says, I'm waiting to pick up the long sleeve version to get the maximum effect. They wore that actually, Rich, the other night playing against, uh, Czech Republic actually. Didn't look nice. too bad at all. No. Long sleeve version. Nice. Yeah. Um, but interesting, he says, I was talking to a Finland player who was at Greuther when they moved from, uh, Jacko to Hummel and he wasn't pleased. Not sure why. Perhaps the emphasis was on design rather than athletic performance. Yeah, curious. I mean, I've never seen a, a, a Hummel shirt up, up close, or at least not in recent uh, memory, at least. So I can't quite, I can't sort of say from personal experience that I sort of felt the fabric and detected any lack of quality there. But uh, I mean, they always look good. I don't know if you've had any experience on that front, Richard. Well, do they? Because well, uh, you've got a few in your collection, I suppose. Well, I would say that that, that particular design that um, Christiania have and uh, Stad de Reims have, the, the material is quite thick on it. It's quite a heavy yeah. shirt. And the, the chevrons seem to be quite thick as well, the actual material they've used for it. So maybe maybe that's why. I don't know. Maybe Hummel have a bit of a reputation amongst the actual sporting players that, that means they're not particularly great. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's it's quite yeah, just heavy more than anything else, mm. which I was quite yeah. surprised at because it looks quite sort of silky like because the original Denmark '86 kits were quite light and and very sort of mid '80s silky, but these are seem yeah. to be a much heavier material, almost kind of like late '90s football shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, interestingly, that uh, uh, issue about the heaviness and the quality of the material also chimes in with a message that we got via our website from Andrew Cooper. Uh, Perhaps you could uh, give us the details on that one, Rich. Indeed, he says, Regarding Hummel, my team, Brentford, had them from 92 to 95, and in our solitary season in the second tier. However, it was a classic kit, and the goalkeeper kit followed the same template as the famous Danish rainbow hexagon shirt, which is, I think, the one that Matt Braithwaite was referring to. Yes, but actually, exactly. thinking back, yeah, I apologise, Matt Braithwaite. I know the one you're on about now. It's not that bad. I think I was thinking of a different one. Um, it says, man, yeah. uh, Andrew says in brackets, mostly associated with Peter Schmeichel rather than Graham Benstead. Never mind. I'm sure we all know who Graham Benstead is. <laughs> I, I don't. I have the no great. Idea. Yeah, I, I'm assuming he was a Brentford goalie. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Hummel worked well for us because of the B logo being a good fit for us, as we obviously talked about the... Uh, it was yeah. Brentford, wasn't it? We talked about the badge yeah. last week. Yep, yeah, very nice. Uh, and would be very happy if we went back to them after the current deal with Adidas ends. P.S. I live in Hong Kong and recently wore my well-preserved 92-93 Hummel shirt to play a five-a-side. Never before have the advances in sports fabric been so apparent in sw- uh, sweltering in 30-degree heat and 80% humidity. <laughs> Ouch. Yes, um, but it probably looks really good, but you're, you probably would yeah. be dying of exhaustion wearing yeah. it. Your shirt probably yeah. looked you good. You probably did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there you have a selection of comments. Clearly a much-loved football kit brand. And I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody that responded and sent in messages because, um, I mean, I did, when, when we put the, the appeal out, I thought we might get a few comments, but I think it's a sign of how good the product has been from Hummel in general down the years and the, and the strength of feeling that's come back. So uh, to everybody that contacted us via Twitter, Facebook, on our website and via email, a, a huge thanks. I mean, what a wonderful response and uh, uh, as, as good a tribute and a salute to Hummel as I think you'll find. So there you go. And it just uh, leaves us to say that, uh, of course, with so much talk about Hummel, it seemed apt that we uh, used Hummel as a subject for our uh, kit off vote this week but before that uh, we have to give you details of the last vote uh, on our last podcast rich how did the vote and i've and i just want to assure you this time i've actually got the right details on our on our sheet here so uh, how did the last vote go well actually before we do that i was going to actually re- uh, mention another vote uh, which was to do with hummel oh of course um, yes which I, th- I think we, we i think we might have skipped over it um and we that did, was uh, kit god John Devlin, uh, TVs. TVs, sorry, damn it, Sir John Devlin, <laughs> um, as he will no doubt soon be, uh, TV Sir John Devlin, uh, Knight of the Realm, MBE, OBE, OBESE. Oh, let's see what I did there. That's mean. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, John. Nasty. Uh, says, uh, he actually ran a poll this week, um, which said, which kit manufacturer would you like to see more of in English football? The winner of which was Hummel, uh, with 42% of the vote. Uh, I believe, yeah, that's the final results. 462 votes for that. That's very good, John. Uh, 28% went for Lecoq Sportif, uh, 30% for Admiral, and 42% for Hummel. Um, clearly no one wanting to see more of Nike. <laughs> No, indeed. No. Um, I think it, that was entirely coincidental, the fact that um, John was doing that vote on his True Colours Football Kits website. Um, it wasn't nothing connected with us. It just happened to be nope. good fortune. But um, but it just goes to show uh, people want to see Hummel back, back, back. And uh, we hope that's the case. Uh, looking back, though, um, we are turning to the past for, for Hummel inspiration on our new kit kit off vote but uh, how did the last one go rich the last one uh, which was between um hamburg away 76 to 77 that's the vibrant pink one with the big massive flappy collar uh worn by the perpermed kevin keegan uh the palermo home from 77 to 78 which was uh, the gorgeous pink shirt with the massive black panels and v-neck and finally the um i don't know how would you describe that horrific um the one <laughs> worn by ian rush which i do quite like but has a weird awful collar on it uh the juventus away from 87 to 88 and in keeping with common votes such as brexit and trump 
the insane result won. <laughs> so the uh, no, the the winner was the Juventus away from eighty seven to eighty eight, which I do like actually. It's a nice shirt, even the, but the collar is strange. Um, with thirty nine percent of the vote uh, coming, it was actually quite a close vote. This one really, there was mm. there was no clear winner. Uh, well, there was a winner, but there, it was all <laughs> quite of almost evenly split between the three. Uh, the second uh, in second place was the Hamburg away. Uh, from 76 to 77, big flappy collar. And coming in last, with only 1% behind that on 30%, the Palermo home shirt, which I'm surprised about. I thought more people yeah. would have actually gone for that, because I think it's a really nice kit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's not as well known, or maybe people yeah. just like it, I don't know. Um, and, and actually, Gavin Haig, Gav411 Haig on Twitter, says, the Hamburg and Juventus shirts are marvellous. The Juve one is like one of those 80s jumpers slash cardigans. <laughs> and it is yeah, actually, big, yeah. Big collar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good observation, that. Indeed. Excellent. So there you have it. So, pink rules. Pink rules, 84 votes we got. Thank you to everybody that uh, voted uh, this time around. And uh, as I say, on our new Hummel uh, vote, a uh, new kit off vote that we've got for you. Uh, we've got three, well, actually what we decided to do is we, we, we wanted three Hummel shirts to you, for you to pick from. And, um, it sort of grew in, and, and extra layers of complexity were added on. So what we've got for you this time around are three Denmark Euro Championship Hummel away shirts. I think that's about right. So basically <laughs> the first shirt, shirt A, is the Denmark away shirt from Euro 84, which is a bit like a sort of reverse of the Arsenal shirt, basically white body with the red sleeves or the usual chevrons and stuff. Uh, shirt B is uh, the Denmark away shirt from Euro 88, which is a white shirt with two red horizontal stripes across the bottom, uh, stripes also on the bottom of the cuffs, and a sort of early 70s retro style collar in red. And shirt C is the, <coughs> excuse me, is the uh, Denmark away shirt from Euro 92, which we've kind of alluded to earlier on. Red panels on the white, uh, on the shoulders of the white shirt and all kinds of other shenanigans going on there. Um, so those are your three options. We'd like you to choose your favorite from those three. Just a bit of fun. Nothing too scientific. Um, and you can vote for your favorite either on our website, um, or, uh, on Twitter as well. If you're ever looking for it, if you just go to our profile page with pinned uh, the pr pr pin the vote to the top of our profile page and you can find it there as well. So get voting and thanks in advance for that. Now, Rich, as we approach the end of our um, podcast, um, been making any purchases recently? Any uh, recent acquirements? Uh, no, not really. I bought a, a swathe of Coventry shirts um, off a couple of eBay sellers uh, the other week. I bought um, the limited edition brown uh, sort of 125 year shirt that we had. Um, and a couple mm -hmm. of uh, away shirts just to sort of fill out the collection, but nothing amazing actually. And, and uh, actually, for kit lovers, it's worth pointing out if you weren't aware um, that uh, classic football shirts are having their Black Friday sale at the moment. I think it's available until actually, I don't know if it runs out today. <laughs> it might well <laughs> do. Let me just quickly check that. Uh, so it'll finish it's by the time you today, hear this. or it's either today or tomorrow, I think. But they have twenty percent off everything across the entire site. Uh, till midday, Saturday the 20th. Oh, so there you go. Too late. By the time you've got this, it will have finished. <laughs> Damn it. So I've got another 40 minutes that as we're recording this to buy something. <laughs> but I have actually, I have to say that I'm, I'm saving up for other things at the moment for Christmas. So I'm, I'm going to be good and resist. So, 
Uh, but other than that, no, I haven't <clears throat> actually made any purchases of late. Um, I, I've been keeping my eye out, but uh, and there was a couple of interesting things I've seen, but nothing that's particularly grabbed my fancy right now. Like I say, I'm kind of just saving up for Christmas and stuff, so mm. trying to be trying to be good. <laughs> Fair enough, too. It's uh, all part of the service, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to tell you about sales that have already finished. Yes. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to throw in one thing as well. Um, I've decided to embark upon another new sort of sub-project as part of my Kitbliss website, which is kitbliss.co.nz. And basically, if you used to come to our blog site, the Football Attic blog site, you'll remember that we did a few things on there, um, which were basically like the fifth, uh, the, the greatest uh, England home kit of the last 50 years, the greatest France home kit, and the greatest Germany kit of the last 50 years. Well, I've decided, even though the blog site is no longer an ongoing concern, um, I just thought I'd feel like doing another one of those, but maybe connected with Kipliss and also this podcast, perhaps. And I've decided that uh, I'm going to take the Netherlands national team as the uh, as the next focus. So I've just made some very uh, tentative um, steps towards starting that all off. It probably won't be completed by uh, uh, until early 2017. But nonetheless, the research is starting, and um, so I just wanted to put a, a message out there to anybody out there that might know about any good uh, Dutch football websites that sort of focus on you know history, photographic stuff, uh, archive material, because it's just exactly the sort of thing I need in order to be able to illustrate all those uh, wonderful old um, Dutch orange um, home shirts from down the years. Um, I will be illustrating the away ones as well where possible. But as you'll remember from the uh, previous ones that I've done, what I tend to do is kind of create a little sort of set-piece graphic which shows off all the home kits from the last 50 years for the particular team in question. Um, so basically I'm looking around for archive material online. So if you know of any Dutch football uh, history websites, uh, do get in touch with us either on Twitter or via the website or Facebook or whatever. And I'll love you forever because it's uh, websites like that are real, really key when you're work, when you're working on a project such as that, so thanks in advance for any help you can provide, and uh, needless to say, I'll keep you um, posted on any updates on that little sub project as we go along. Oh, I wonder, but I wonder anyway, which, I wonder which kid's going to win that one. <laughs> well, I was just going to say the thing is, in the past we always used to have an online poll, and I remember thinking, um, like you know, a couple of years ago, well, I'll never do the Dutch one because we all know who's going to win. It's going to be the Euro '88 kit, so. There probably won't be, I don't think, um, a, a poll uh, at the end of this. It's literally just going to be a graphic to sort of show you all the Dutch national team kits of the last 50 years because um, it's just a foregone conclusion. And then second and third place will be probably the World Cup 74 kit and the World Cup 78 kit because those are the other two that people think of. But um, anyway, uh, more on that nearer the time. Um, but I think that's pretty much it, except to tell you how to get in touch with us. You can find us at our website, www.thefootballattic.com. We're on twitter.com forward slash footballattic, facebook.com forward slash thefootballattic. And if you want to drop us an email, as Rich Nelson uh, very kindly did, uh, talking about Hummel, uh, you can do so at admin at thefootballattic.com. Uh, and uh, you can find our podcast, of course, on iTunes as well. And uh, if you can... Leave us a lovely comment on there. We love you forever, as I say. But I think that's pretty much it. Uh, time has beaten us once again. Once again, there, Richard. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Any other business before we go? No, I have nothing more to report. Fair enough, then. In that case, 
we will bid you all a fond farewell and uh, we'll catch up with you again in approximately two weeks from now. Until then, from the two of us, it's goodbye to you all. Goodbye. Goodbye.